Yo, what is good, everybody? It's your boy TK from Around the Way, and we back with another exciting episode. Today, I got a special guest with me. She is one of the top-notch entrepreneurs out here in the city of New Orleans. She go by plenty of wonderful names, but today, we're going to call her Miss Cheetah from her Cheetah Print Productions. What's good, Miss Cheetah? Hello. How y'all doing? How you doing? I'm about to say she over here eating on that good baked chicken I made. Tell them how good that chicken is. <laughs> the chicken good. It's very juicy and well seasoned. Mm-hmm. That's right. Let it know. Because if baby Ann was to tell it, I promise you she would just undersell it like at nothing. I'll say, but let you know your boy TK out here doing his thing cooking. But that's besides the point because we can get to a whole nother episode about that later. Today, what I'm doing is another episode of catching up with my uh, random friends. I'm about to say I've known how long? How long have I known you? Since like 2000. Is that a long time. 2015. Around that time, 2015, 2016. Yeah, probably 2015, 2016. Yeah. So it's been a good while since I've known her, and it's been a while since we talked to each other. So I'm really excited to bring her in and just discuss the day in the life of Miss Queen. I mean, Miss Queen, Miss Cheetah. So, tell me, how is everything going for you so far? Um, it's been pretty good. Um, still working on my businesses and always building new businesses and trying to just keep building the brands that I already have. So, it's been pretty good. That's what I feel because with this lovely lady right here, she always stays on the grind and. When it comes to all these businesses and stuff like that, does it just flow naturally for you in the mind? Is there like, how can I explain it? What type of mindset do you normally have when living life and trying to get out there to chase the bag? Well, I feel like I'm naturally, like, I am a hustler. So I always see things and I basically try to um, see how I could profit off of them or build a business off of it. So... I guess my mind always worked like trying to find the next, I wouldn't say hustle, but the like next thing I want to do. Because still sometimes I feel like I haven't found my passion yet. So I'm still looking for that. Okay, because I was just about to say when we had met each other, we was in film class together, like documentary. And I believe we was in television productions as well together. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to get in that field to begin with well when i was younger i used to always like to get the little like you know kodak cameras and get the pictures developed and stuff like that mm-hmm. so when i moved down here from minnesota i was working with a program it was a nonprofit, and um they had like six sections and basically i got hired and i was over like the video department but we didn't have no training so i had to learn how to film myself. So I already liked it filming and like taking pictures, pretty much like capturing moments. But since I had to do that, then I just felt like, uh, I just seen that it was something I like. And I seen that honestly, you could kind of like charge what you want, do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So that's how I made it like a hustle. So yeah, that's, that's what got me into filming. I felt like it was just a way for me to make money and do what I want to do when I want to do it. So, yeah. 
Yes, indeed. I love about that. That's what I love. And now the next question is, though, like, because you have a lot of endeavors, and I admire that mm -hmm. about you because you have your own little organic products. Is Area 19 mm -hmm. Organics. Yep. I'm about to say I'm not going to lie because I did purchase one of your uh, things, and <laughs> I thought it was for the toilet until, like, one of my friends told me, like, our mutual friend told me that, oh, that's, because, you know, like, I thought it was just you sprinkling in there, you know, poopy smelling, won't smell as bad and all oh, that. Oh, the yoni steam? Yes. And, like, our mutual friend told me, like, no, that's not what that's for, and found out what it really was for, and I was like, oh. Wow, I never heard that one before. I was like, yeah. I was like, I should have read the instructions, yeah. but that's what I thought it was because it looked similar to another product. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's dope. Let me go ahead and get into that. Exactly. But other than that, though, explain to the audience the idea behind Area 19, what made you start selling those products and the actual use for them. So Area 19, I started that because when the pandemic hit, um, I wanted to sell like products. So for a couple of years, um, my sister will always make me the coffee scrub that um, we sell, but I always try to get her to, like, you know, sell it. I'm, like, make it a business, da, da, da. So when we was on, like, lockdown, like, I'm going to start looking into this stuff and make it products. So once I started doing the research and, like, I seen how cheap the jars was and this and that and all this stuff, I was like, well, I'm going to make a business. And then um, my sister finally decided that she would want to, you know, start making products too. So um, I started by making the coffee scrubs and the face toners that we sell. And she um, wanted to sell the Yoni Steams, which is the stuff you thought for the toilet, which is uh, for, like, women um, to basically detox and cleanse their vagina or whatever. And uh, she sell... The Yoni, uh, I mean, the Bori pills, which is like if you have like a yeast infection or whatever like that, mm. um, you just insert that seven times um, and clear it up so you don't have to go to the doctor, of course, and deal with all that. And uh, the necklaces. So we had the black tourmaline uh, necklaces, which, um, you know, supposed to fight off like 5G and bad energy and all that stuff if you're into mm -hmm. that. Um, so that was like the five things. We were selling all, oh, and also the um, foot scrubs. So we had foot scrubs, and now we're making new products. But yeah, so that's how that started. It was like the pandemic happened. I actually bought vending machines. I had two vending machines. I ended up having four, and then I did the Area Nineteen stuff. So yeah, that's how that all started. Yes, indeed. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be calling me an idiot on there, but that's okay yeah. because the product still is good and it smells really nice, y'all. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Like, I mean, it really does help. Sprinkle in the toilet and let it, you know, just, <laughs> just be just, in the air. Yeah. Just simmer down. That's what I thought. Like, I'm not going to lie. But now that I know what it truly is for, I'll make sure to get baby girl some just in case she wants the products and stuff like that yeah. for detoxing. Mm -hmm. you know, look at her. She already saying, like, yes and stuff like that. <laughs> and just a silly question. The site is still up, Area 19 Organics. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's up. It's on, and we sell also on Walmart. Um, we're on Amazon too, but I took it down for now because, like I said, we making new products, and you know, just to dig in more deeper than y'all need to know. But like, it's like four y'all's a month, so it's like if you're not really selling products, there's no reason to just you know have yeah. it up. So we just took it off for now until we get our new products. But yeah, we're on Walmart. We have our website. So I say yes, indeed. That's what I love. Yeah. I'm about to say. Miss Cheetah and Walmart too. Oh my yeah. God, I I mess with that for real. <laughs> I'm about to say you are gonna go far with it, oh, and I can't wait to see it on Amazon as well. Cause I'm gonna get some more of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? That foot scrub. As soon as you mentioned that, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like feet be kind of crusty a little bit, so I definitely yeah. see, need to get for. Like... Yes, indeed. And on top of that, I also uh, show my mother and my grandmother the products as well. Mm-hmm. I know we had um. Brought the same product for them too, and they enjoy it. Yeah. So you got loyal customers coming your way. Yes, indeed. And so when it comes down to this, because you mentioned vending machines and stuff like that as well, there's like you really do have plethora of things to do. And you said you was a a natural hustler. Like, did that just come straight from heart, or did somebody expire you, or what type of deal is in there? Uh, I would say my mom expired me. Like, it's way deeper, you know. But um, we went through like some stuff where we was like homeless, is that in the third? Mm-hmm. And that's how I got introduced to like nonprofits and stuff like that. So I think just going through being homeless and then have to like dig through resources, stuff like that. You know, it just naturally made me a hustler. Like I started working at fourteen. I used to work twelve hours shifts. So okay. yeah. My first job was at Jimmy John's, and I got cool with the manager. And even though it was illegal, of course, I was working twelve-hour shifts. So, yeah, I've been working a long time. God damn! At fourteen, too, on top of that. Yep. But the funny thing is, though, like even though, like we're talking now, it'd still be from afar. I have watched you grown a lot. Thank you. And it's funny how when we met in class and stuff, we'd be joked out. But this woman right here really knows her film and stuff like that. And I would, like, learn from her or just scan from her. Like, I'm not going to say her name, but I'm going to call her Zaybe. She knows who she <laughs> is. Zaybe. I'm not going to say her full name. Online name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, what else I know? She not on here right now, you know? So, but I'm about to say, we used to uh, always be in class, and if it was something that we had a hard time doing, like, say, for instance, I had a hard time, like, mixing or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. I remember asking Xavier, like, oh, how are we going to do this? And she was looking. She was like, I have no idea. And one day you wasn't in class. And he was like, damn. <laughs> like, you know what Miss Cheetah going to do? Like, she's like, you would normally help us out if not Miss uh, Lynn. Because Miss Lynn be busy with everybody. Like, yeah, from I pretty much started helping because I already knew how to film and edit. So it's like, exactly. I pre- they pretty much brought me on. It's like. Help the class. Because I was like, I already know how to do all this stuff. I didn't know the program that they was teaching us. Um, what program was that? That was, um, was it Adobe? Nah. I forgot. But I forgot. whatever the other one is, yeah, like, we were learning that. That's all I didn't know. It was like, but I understood filming. And, yeah, I already was doing it. So it was like, yeah. Yeah, see, I was used to doing, like, magic software, but... I do it with like a regular Toshiba or like a Lenovo laptop, mm-hmm. a Mac. Like Baby Ann is really good with Macs, but a Mac, I'm like, 
love May. It's like an inverted controls to me. I can't really like. Yeah, even like low key, like <clears throat> I had access to the um the lab even after that. You know, like mm-hmm. I used to go in there all the time by myself because I didn't have a Mac and like um I forgot who else taught in there. So nobody got to get in trouble. I think the program over with anyways. But yeah. I had access. I had a key <laughs> yes, to go yeah. edit. So I used to go up there even like after class and stuff and just edit by myself. So it was cool. I'm like. And that's why when you was gone that day, you was gone like a few days and we was like, damn, like why she had to be absent? <laughs> like, like every, everything else be good and stuff when we know how to do stuff. But then when like it comes to that serious problem and we be like, yo, where's uh, Miss Cheetah at? And then next thing you know, you're not coming to class. I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> I was like, I'm screwed. <laughs> I think sometimes I did have to come because she already knew that I knew how to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't even like I was just missing school. But I think at one point I had I was having like car trouble or something. I don't know. Yeah. So I used to ride with Lenny and stuff. And people didn't know that either. He used to come pick me up. <laughs> no, yes, indeed. Yeah. I'm about to say I miss him, though. I know. That he, old he, was, he was really cool. And the car was really like broke down. But... He, he would always come pick me up. Like, he had an RV, didn't he? No, he had like a little... Um, He do have an RV, but he had yeah. like a red car that he drove back and forth to school. And it was really like broken down. But I was very mm. thankful like that he would come pick me up yeah, I and drop me I off. Uh, yeah. One time I rode in his RV, and I'm not going to lie. Really? Even though it was packed, it was spacious. Yeah. I never it was been very in spacious. an RV. But he stay, I think he still stays on the West Bank. He actually has like a land or something. That he has the RV on. Now that's dope. Yeah. I know he's still uh, venturing into film too. And that's yeah. somebody that I also admire from a distance as well. Because homie, Lenny just keeps at it. He's been keeping at it for years. Yeah, he's going to get his break if he stay consistent. He has no choice but to. I'd be disappointed if he really didn't. Yeah. But he does his little plays and stuff like that. He'd be getting in there as well. I mean, yeah, I don't really know because um, I don't be on. Like people see me on Facebook, but I really get on their posts and get off. Or I'd be on, like, the Facebook market. So. I'm not going to lie. For this podcast and for everybody, I need to actually post more. Because I'd be. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need more. to. I'm on social media just to look at other people's exactly. stuff and laugh. And I'm like, huh, okay. And then I'll put my phone I'm down. Saying, like, people probably feel like, even when that, you look at my Instagram and stuff, like, I really don't post. But at the same time, I feel like when I was posting heavy, mm-hmm. my supporters wasn't the people I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. even the sales we have now is, like. Walmart and stuff is random people like from mm-hmm. all over the world. It's like I was posting online and I wasn't getting no sales, and then I would DM people. That's the only way I was getting sales. Like I had this message that I like copy and paste. Like me and my mm-hmm. sister started this business, da da da. But it's like I got tired of doing that too, so it's like. But hey, I wouldn't worry about that though, because I feel like in time you're gonna be more global. Oh, that was how I already exactly. know. Like your supporters are not like people that you know, so that's why I feel mm-hmm. like. People like, well, you should post this more, this and that. But it's like, for what? Like, that's not, y'all not going to support it anyway. Yeah, so, it's like, what's going to be posting? I'm going to post me like I do, like, when I feel like it. It's just to mostly look up there. Yeah. That's all it is. That's why when it comes to, like, flyers and stuff, because I'm really good at that, I'll put that up there for the podcast. Yeah. And like I said, like, I'm not going to lie, like, majority of fans, oh, Fans from UK, I love y'all, by the way. Because <laughs> I look oh, at the charts. I look at the <laughs> the chart and stuff. Like, there's like 0.25 Americans, so shout out to y'all. <laughs> exactly. But everybody else from like the different country, 
I, I love y'all. Y'all keep this podcast going. Submit. Oh, and my friends out there, like um, D Comedian King. Also, shout out to my, I'm going to say your name. I'm going to just do DK. DK, you know who you is? He's about to have a baby in a way about two weeks. I can't wait to see that lovely bundle of joy. It's going to be a beautiful, healthy baby girl. Probably going to have a big ass head, though. But COVID other than babies. that, COVID. Yeah. oh, no. <laughs> Not the coronavirus. <laughs> but the COVID babies, oh, they, all, they all head up. Mm-mm. They ain't got no bobble head. They just. I'm weak. For real? <laughs> <laughs> I'm weak. She's saying these babies can't hold their heads up. No, they can. You can see the video? Yeah. They come out the womb holding their head up. You know, you usually got to hold a baby neck. But the babies be like, no. Mm-hmm. I've seen the babies come out. They already sneezing. and shit. Don't I'm like, The I'm, babies I'm like, now, ah. the COVID babies mm-hmm. are like. I'd be scared to have my baby come out sneezing. I'm like, damn. Baby already got coronavirus and you just, <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even born for a minute. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yes, indeed. Yeah. It's crazy. Sick. But, and we're talking about coronavirus and stuff like that. It's just amazing that you made a way to still make funds and stuff like that. Definitely. Was the pandemic the extra help or you already knew that? Or should I say this? Because I felt like you we're going to make like an online company anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So were you planning on doing Area 19 Organics before the pandemic or the pandemic just kind of boosted more? Yeah, I think I think it crossed my mind, but with having that time to sit down, that definitely helped because it was like I will always be trying to hustle and this and that. So it's like if the pandemic didn't happen, I probably would never did it because I would never had the time to just work on it like so yeah, that the pandemic helped a lot. Being able to stay inside and just work on something, and that had to be like, of course, everybody was stressed out, but I had to be stressed out with leaving out because you couldn't, you know, when we first locked down, you couldn't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. So like, well, let me sit on the computer and research all this stuff and all that. So that would have never happened if uh, the pandemic didn't hit, for sure. And see, the key thing about it is research. I love how you actually say that you took the time. Exactly. You did your research before mm-hmm. actually going out there to implement stuff. Because there's always trials and errors, but at least you studied exactly. before just going straight to it and then flopping completely. Exactly. And that's what I like about I actually, that. I actually was working. I forgot. Like I was working when the pandemic hit, so yeah. And it's like I was working Monday through Friday. I was doing uh, fingerprints and stuff like that and drug testing. So I will work from eight to five on Canal. So by the time I get home, it might be six, seven, whatever. So yeah, I wasn't really doing nothing. Like I was filming um, the reality show thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing that like on the weekend and stuff. But um, I didn't really have no time. I was saying if the pandemic didn't happen, I would never had time to sit down and do it. Because I would have just been working the job and then doing filming on the weekend. So yeah. I feel that. And it's funny, you brought it up earlier already. As soon as you say reality show, mm-hmm. that's going to be the, the question I wanted to ask. Because I wanted to say, like, it was pretty entertaining, too. Because yeah. I kept up with it. My granny kept up with it, which is funny. Because <laughs> she likes it. My uh, mom also remember you. Because remember when we used to do Uber? Yeah. And that white van? Big old van yeah. That scary van. <laughs> <laughs> Like y'all, y'all should have seen it. Like she came to pick me up because I was like the little security guy, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, hey. 
and I'm thinking it's like a regular car. I'm not gonna lie, I kind of start, <laughs> got started because I saw the white van, yeah. and I called you. I was like, "Where you at?" You was like, "Oh, right over here," and I'm like, "The AP passenger van." Exactly. Yeah. I'm about to say, but it did help out though. It's sad that Uber decided not to carry yeah. on that because it was fun adventures with that van. They said it didn't have doors on both sides, but we I, we got through like a hundred some rides, so I was like. I say it still would have been worth it though. Exactly. That could have been Uber XL right there. It was an Uber XL. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So making all that extra money. But I think people would, I'm not gonna lie, be kind of like skeptical. Because you know how the white vans are stereotyped as like but kidnapper they, they vans. They liked it though because most people that selected, you know, they had a lot of people. So they felt like, oh, mm. all these roles, like they could just sit wherever they want to sit. Exactly. But they still had those people that wanted to sit in the front. Like, that was weird. Yeah, five, six rows. Like, why sit up here? Nah, you know it's going to sit up front with you anyway. They still got they people doing that now. They mad, though. Like, especially, like, the drunks. That's why, like, I had you come with me and stuff. Because I was like, I'm not really into Ubers and all that. Like, dealing with drunk people and all that. Like, mm-hmm. That's like a whole nother episode we got to do. Because exactly. with Lyft, I can tell you plenty of stories. Yeah. It's... Thankfully, I never had to deal with, you know, like a lot of people I know, people threw up in a car or pits and all that. Like, I never had to deal with that. But that was mm-hmm. I never want to get to that point anyway. So. I ain't got to the point where I didn't pull it up and somebody got knocked out in front of me. Dang. Yeah, for apparently like being racist or whatever. Wow. And yet he get in the car. He was like, why you didn't help me? Yeah. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> And his wife, like, if it wasn't for his wife jumping on top of the car, like, please help my husband. Da, 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 da. I was like, this ain't my fight. Like, I was like, you can help him get in the car. Like, you need a ride or not? I was like, you, you can get him in the car to ride. But I was like, I'm not thinking to help you. Like, what? I would have drove off. Like, he dead ass was like, he woke up and everything was like, man, why you help me? You saw him knock me out. I'm like, bruh. I'm weak. I was like, you look, I even gave you that ride anyway because I heard you was racist. <laughs> I was like, I ain't say anything racist to him. It's just like, you know, that's a whole different story. But when it comes to the reality show, when did that start becoming a whole, like, process? And matter of fact, explain the process of the show, like, from the beginning to the middle to the end of how you got everybody together how you knew it was going to be like a hit. I personally think it was pretty good because you got views on there. Yeah. You got some good views on there. So how did you know all of this was going to like just be implemented into like a good reality show that was on, was it like a weekly basis? Uh, not necessarily. So, so the first time I tried to do the show, I was working with a, a guy. Um, He just passed away, R.P. David. Um. Basically, we were trying to do a show, and it was on. It was based on a whole nother topic. Um, it was gonna be like the New Orleans uh, love and hip hop type thing. So that didn't work out, and basically the idea came up about social clubs. So that's when I did the first round of like a reality show, and uh, he actually had a cousin that um, is the executive producer on Love and Hip Hop. So at first it was just like, oh, make a trailer, you know, about the um, 
social clubs or whatever and to submit that. And then we did that. And that was just like coming up with like pretty much a storyline and doing little individual clips. So that's how we did it. And then it was like, well, you guys need to submit like episodes, like at least one episode or like minimum six episodes. So then it came out to like having to write a script, a storyline pretty much. Um, Cause reality shows are not just like real, to be honest. Like they're real, but they're pointers pretty much. So mm-hmm. like we had to write, well, I wrote out like an outline and then I had to work on everybody's schedule and getting them together. Um, I didn't have any like training or anything, never did a reality show, but I guess from doing the like, it's called a sizzle when I did like the trailer thing. Um, from doing the sizzle and seeing like the trial and error, then that was helping me like do the reality show thing, like for the full um episode. So basically I came up with doing like multiple scenes in one day and just like working on a graph where it could be like, Well, we gonna need you this day at this time and then we could also have this person come in and do these things with you and then move on to them type thing. So it was like me figuring out how to best do this because it wasn't no pay or nothing like that. It was just like idea that, you know, I had and then trying to get them to do it or whatever. Um, and then that ended up playing in Texas on UHN network. So that was cool. And, um, I had got like an interview with the 504, the news channel, you know, and mm-hmm. another news channel, the one that's by Xavier, I forget what it's called, but it got a lot of little a Q9, a Q93 interview, mm-hmm. so it had like a lot of coverage, but um, honestly, like the full cast didn't want to like commit to doing the six episodes that was needed, and um, I actually got like a little offer to submit I guess the idea to like Mona Scott or whatever but it just wasn't going to be like ideal so that came to a dead end and then from me doing that project I think maybe a a couple years later or year I don't know how long it was is when um I started working on the tipping on the bayou which is the um show with the dance team Mm -hmm. that was most recent and that was cool you know like I said from then, I already had did the first um, reality show, so I was able to outline good and what people time in, blah blah blah. So uh, it took like a it take like a year with me doing it by myself. I film, edit, graphics, all that stuff. So just took like a few months, if that, to film. Probably less than two months, and then turned around and did confessionals, and then with me, it being my first round, I learned the hard way that like having so much content and not like not putting it in folders and stuff as I go, it was like very overwhelming. So like, honestly, I could have edited so much quicker, but I was just filming and I wasn't sorting nothing. I had multiple cameras and I had multiple audio. So it was like a mess for a while. Like I had to mentally always prepare myself to like sort through so much footage and then edit Mm. all this footage. So then when I did, Season two, oh, well, you know, season one did great. Um, It played in Atlanta and California on the network. Um, It played 
in a New York film festival and got a lot of, you know, radio interviews, stuff like that. So that did good. And then um, and with season two, we just had filmed season two. Then COVID hit and it wasn't as hard to edit or nothing. Like I said, I learned as I was going. So I learned for anyone that want to do filming, period, like movies, all that stuff. Edit as you go and sort as you go. That's the best advice I can give you. Because, like, <laughs> don't wait to the end and just try to look through everything. Just sort as you go. So we did that after the pandemic kind of passed. We did confessionals. And I don't think she's releasing season two, but there was a season two done. It's fully filmed, edited. All that has been done for over a year. But I don't know for whatever reason. I don't think she's going to release it. So I don't know. But, yeah. So that's how that went. Um, that would also, you know, played on network, stuff like that. But I think she has a publicist now. So originally, I guess the publicist is supposed to like shop it around to networks and stuff like that. But um, I don't know what's going on with that show. But like I said, you know, I have a good rep and everything. Like, so I make sure I give you your project, you know, whatever you do with after that. It's out of my hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, so a season two was done with Tipping on the Bayou. But, um, it hasn't been released. I don't know if it's going to be released. By the time it gets released, it's going to be maybe a little weird because it's a couple years old. But, yeah. Like, two years old now. But, yeah. I'm about to say yes, indeed. All the accolades and stuff is amazing. And then on top of that, the fact that you got played in Texas, end up seeing in California, and Texas, on top Atlanta, Atlanta New York. New York. Yep. And I always love the New York Film Festivals here. I love the New Orleans Film Festivals out here as well. So that's my say, man. That is. It was really nice. That is people good. in New York was really excited when it, like it came on and stuff. They're like, oh, like that's really cool. It was like, it was like I was I was kind of nervous. That was the first time I seen something like you know, on the big screen that I did like that. Yes, but, yeah, indeed. It was really nice. But that was all your hard work, though. Exactly. And look, I'm, like, smiling from ear to ear. Like, I'm just, like, I'm over here, like, trying not to be grinning and shit like that. But I love seeing people, like, win and shit like Me that, too. you know. That's what's really amazing. I almost broke my camera in New York. Oh. I was about to cry again. Wait, you was about to do what? I was about to cry. I dropped my camera. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's wonderful, though, to exactly. be able to go to... Big city like New York, and New York is definitely for film and plays all yeah. around. And to see that on a big screen, see, that's why I need to stop playing. I need to get my shit together, man. I'm telling y'all, I need oh, yeah. to get it together. I'm working on my next thing. Is like, I probably jumped the question, but my next thing is like working on movies. So that's yes, what I'm working have. on now. Yeah. My sister, um, that's in Minnesota, she writes books. So, um, I have her like right now, some type of like scripts. Like, I want to do, like, sh- I want to start with, like, short films so I could just get the hang of, like, you know, what type of looks I like, mm-hmm. just dealing with actors and stuff, like, because, I mean, of course, everything is, like, not paid right now. So, that, that'd be right. the real hard part, having people commit. So, I'm trying to start with, like, small movies, few actors, no more than, like, two, three actors. I would love to have just, like, two actors, but three max, you know, because, like I said, it's going to be hard to get people commit. And they ain't getting paid. So I just want to start there. Do some short films, build up to doing a, a big film, and get it on, like, you know, networks, film festivals, all that. I mean, you know, they call me a mixture of um, 
a little bit of Denzel, <laughs> some of that uh, old school Wesley Snipes, but I do pay the taxes. And yeah. uh, I mean, and, uh, you know, I'm open to so anybody that want to want to act. You know, if they feel like they can um do the role, and it's like you know, it's scheduling. I guess that's where it all boils down to, like scheduling. Um, I guess people say sometimes like I have a like attitude when I'm working. But it's not it's not that I have an attitude. It's just like it's professional time. Like I don't want to waste nobody's time. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time. So I just like to get things done. That's what I'm about to say. That's the thing, though. It's not an attitude. I'm not gonna lie. I get like that as well when I was actually first serious serious with the podcast exactly. too. But at the same time, it's like you know when you're passionate about something or you're trying to like get something out there and work on it. It takes time. Then you got other things to deal with in life. Exactly. So I'm about to say I definitely feel you on that. And like I said, in all seriousness though, even though I'm not gonna lie, I mostly have like the middle of the week. Yeah. <laughs> week. But if we can do something then that'd be fine. Yeah. Cause also uh what was it? It was a long time ago. I remember sending like a short film script or whatever, and I've been trying to work on that for a good while. Yeah. So if you want, we can start from there. First, actually, like analyze and pick it because I do want a honest feedback on it yeah. first, though. To see and that's, that's kind it. of a little thing that um, I'm dealing with my sister right now because it's like, um, it, it got to be like a, I only want like a few actors, but I also want like minimum, um, too much with like I don't want too much with like locations and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like it do be a lot of good scripts and things, but then you look at it, you be like I have to get a school bus. I have to. Do I don't want to do all that. Yeah. yeah it's like, that's too much. Let's just do something small, you know, something that's easy that we could like be intimate and be like, when we sit down and edit, you know I'm saying it's small. Mm-hmm. So it could be like the audio with this, da, da, da. You can hear the AC in the back. You can, the lighting. You know what I'm saying? That, that's exactly. the type of stuff I'm trying to do. Just like basically test run things because I'm not perfect with filming. Like, and then you're talking about a different level of film because mm-hmm. you want a certain look. So it's like, I don't want to invest too much time, money, all that, just to basically practice. Because that's what it's going to be. Like, exactly. I never shot a movie. So I feel like I want to do practice work. And then, you know, I feel like people jump the gun. Like, I, w- I want to do a movie. And they're going to try to do, like, a whole hour some movie. And they never even tested anything. Like, Man, I don't want to do that. You ain't lying. And it's like... A whole stutter I could tell you after this because it was a while ago. I think like 2017. Mm-hmm. That kind of blew up in my face. So I actually yeah. know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to it. And it's not the editing part that got to me. It was more of the actors themselves, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because you tell them... A certain direction, which I mind. Like, I don't care about, like, improvising stuff like that. Do you and stuff, too. But it's, like, the commitment yeah. of the role. And that would be hard for, especially up-and-comers. Yeah. Like, they want to. Well, you just let me say this. You have always that one person in the group that's literally going to, like, lead ahead of everybody else. Yeah. Because they fully committed. Mm-hmm. And then there's always that one like person that's down there or the rest they don't feel the same and then it's kind of look dry yeah and as i'm watching <laughs> what exactly. i'm film i'm like oh it is kind of like cringe 
Yes. And I was like, I don't know if I want to put this out there. Exactly. And then, like, when you discuss with it and stuff like that, not hurting feelings because I sugarcoat by sugarcoat with, like, a compliment sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you know, this was good and stuff like that. But at the same time, like, but we can now still get it together. And be like, yeah, no. And I'm like, you know what? They don't. Like, that's a whole nother story. But the thing about it is, though, I was about to say your name. I'm not going to say your actual name. <laughs> but the thing about it is, though, Miss Cheetah, is that when it comes down to you and just everything that you do in general, could you explain the, like, troubles that it give you at times? Because I know it could be stressful trying to do all the endeavors, trying to film and stuff like that, mm-hmm. actually keeping up with everything. Like, what troubles do you go through? Or should I say this, what mostly troubles you while trying to, you know, be an entrepreneur and do your film work and just go out there and get the bag? What is the main troubles you come across? Um, I think the biggest issue with any entrepreneur or artist, period, is, like, just having to stay afloat with, like, regular life. You know what I'm saying? Because when you have to worry about, like, bills and stuff like that, it really takes away from you being able to focus on projects or anything, like, artistic, period, because you have to do things you don't want to do necessarily to pay your bills. So I think that's always um, a huge problem for me because I'll be very inspired, ready to do something, all deep into something, and it's, like, car trouble or you got to pay this bill or, you know what I'm saying? So that's the real issue I think I deal with because um, if it was up to me, then I'd just be like, if money wasn't a thing, it would just be like, I'd be out filming and traveling and being inspired. But I deal with a lot of like blockage. I wouldn't say writer's block, but pretty much like how writer's block is. Like Mm -hmm. I'd be just like, I need to just go somewhere, like see new things kind of like just get inspired and then you know then I feel good but being here even though people might feel like it's so inspiring it's inspiring at first you know but it's like when you live anywhere I feel like it gets old so you don't really get inspired anymore mm-hmm. you be want to just go other places or like I like like I said I like to travel so I want to just hop on a plane real quick and go somewhere or you know go drive somewhere I'm very adventurous, you know, just like we walked around the building. Like, I like to just look around and see new things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing. It's always going to be uh, money. If money wasn't a thing, then I think a lot of more people would be happy in life, So, including myself. Yes. You could just do what you want to do, and you have to be like, I have to pay my bills. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't have to be stuck with, like, damn, yeah. I forgot. They turn my water off. I want to buy all type of equipment or props and this and that, but it's like, you got bills. So, exactly. You know, like, I've been wanting another camera, but I already spend money on um, my production stuff that I make. So, you know. Yes, indeed. I'm about to say now another question, which, oh, by the way, shout out. I'm going to say your name, though. Shout out to Kiana, because I've been told her that I was going to do this interview. And she's all about that black woman magic, and I love it. Okay, I love it. I love black girl magic. And the thing that she wants to know, because I told her, I was like, my friend 
she produces. I was like, she does film a lot of stuff like that. And I also showed her your uh, Facebook page and all okay. that for the Area 19 Organics. You know, that's what I'm going to say. We might not have talked in a while, but <laughs> it's not like I've forgotten about you. Yeah. Like, all my friends and stuff that I have talked to in the past, I always promote them. Anytime somebody come up and be like, oh, hey, like, is there new music to put on the radio stuff, like Our Heart Radio? Yeah. Since I got a few friends out there as well. I'd be like, oh, I know this dude from California. That was my homie, uh, LaVon. Shout out to LaVon. Go ahead and uh, purchase that album that he got coming soon on Spotify. And don't forget Imperial J. That's literally my brother from another mother. Brother from another mother, yes, indeed, from here. <laughs> All that good stuff. See, I'm promoting. I got y'all on deck. Shout out to Mark this way. I'm a shout out to. No, I ain't doing my shout outs yet. Oh, you ain't doing your shout outs <laughs> at the end. At the end, at the very end, okay. But back to Kiana, because I'm getting off topic. Kiana wants to know, as a black woman, mm-hmm. is it more trouble getting into the industry? Do you believe that's the case? Absolutely. Like honestly, um, I have a battle between like. The online thing and just in general, like I always have a battle with that because I feel like I do like people that know me know that like I am being myself, but I feel like I can't fully be myself all the time, especially like online or just in life period. Like because you get all, you know, you get judged by how you look and things like that. Like, you know, me, I'm like black. <laughs> I have tattoos <laughs> and all that. And then I feel like it was even worse when, like, I had my piercings and stuff like that. But, yeah, I feel like it's very hard for black women in general, even black men, you know, and just with the industry. Even though, of course, we make the industry. But, yeah, it's very hard. Um, But I say that I work with who I want to work with. So... I don't really run across that too much because I'm big on, like, energy and things like that. And Mm -hmm. when people call or, I don't know, it's like if I I feel like it's not something I want to do, I pass it to, like, another photographer, videographer or something I know. And if I don't feel welcome, which is very rare of anything I've done, then I just wouldn't work with those people again. But... Um, I think it's definitely, you know, hard for women. I don't really feel like I faced it too much. It's like, how do I put this? I feel like I only faced it when I went to more like bigger industry things, which of course that's most people's goals. But yeah, I feel like if I, if I just strive to be in the industry, I think I would face more like roadblocks. Just because, you know, the way people want you to, like, be and carry yourself and talk and all that stuff. Like, I don't like being places where I have to be fake. So, yeah. That I really rock with. And another question for Kiana is when it comes to being a black woman in the industry, because I know that you just discussed about the roadblocks and how you work with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What kind of advice you would give for a lovely lady like Kiana who is into film as well, 
but is nervous just because of her being a woman and also black in the industry because we had that discussion before to where she feels like it's going to be huge but I have mentioned that I have seen plenty of background like I forgot her name but the lovely lady off of power that's helping 50 cent right now mm -hmm. and directing the show and everything like that I mentioned that I mentioned the obstacles that Maya Angelou had to go through just for her poems mm -hmm. and her scripts that she used to write back then as well. What type of advice would you give her to boost her confidence into going out there and just adventuring out and still continue her passion regardless of what she may face? Um, I would say don't really be like so nervous or scared because um, everybody has to start somewhere. So I feel like I taught myself how to film. I also never scared to like ask questions. And majority of the way I learned to film and things was from watching YouTube. So I feel like you already get what you put in. Um, it's a lot of stuff that I put out that was horrible that I still have out that's horrible. I still make mistakes even now. But, um, you know, you kind of just have to suck it up and keep going. Like people always going to have something to say about what you film or the quality or how you edit it and all that. And that's just because, like, you're supposed to have your own style and identity. So I feel like just do what you think works, but still do it at a certain level because, you know, some people film. I, I know somebody that's been filming for, like, over 10 years and his stuff is still trash, but he thinks he's, like, number one. So it's all about how you feel about your work. <laughs> I'm just being honest, like, you know, and people that know me know what I'm talking about, but it's like, <laughs> hey, as long as you're confident in your own work, you know, and what you're putting out, then cool. But like, I don't oversell myself. I don't undersell myself. Um, I'm still learning and just kind of looking to other people. And know, know that, you know, it takes time to do your own journey. Like, I love uh, Issa Rae and the journey she took. Like, if you go back and look at her stuff, you'll see, like, it's not an overnight thing. And she had, like, the show Insecure. I don't know mm -hmm. if you see now on HBO. But, yeah. yeah, it's, like, her her content and her show that she has and the stuff that she had before that, you'll see, like, the quality she was at and stuff like that. But it's, like, you have to just believe in yourself and... Mm -hmm. I feel even more inspired after I just seen the Kanye documentary. Like, I feel like he manifested his whole life and he just like really believed in himself. And that's really inspiring me more to like push myself more. But I just be honest with myself and other people. Uh, filming is not my passion. Like, I'm very good at managing and like organizing stuff. So that's my ultimate goal is to basically just be able to run something pretty much like I'm naturally that's what I'm naturally good at like I said like when people say things on set like this and the third like I'm good at keeping things on time keeping things organized problem solving knowing the best way to do stuff like so I know that that is my passion with like managing something or directing something and all that but I feel like like I said filming was like a hustle you know what I'm saying a hustle for me and it was still a way for me to learn how to um, be able to direct and organize this and the third because I know 
uh, about film, you know. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Like, at first when I started filming, I used to be on YouTube, you know, learning this and that. But I'm saying I know that film is not my passion because that's not what I do anymore. Like, I don't sit up and be like, oh, the, 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 you know, like I don't look into all the you should do this with the lighting and all this and that. I used to be really heavy on that. But mm-hmm. now I just like, you know, do what I have to do to get what I have to get done. But mm-hmm. um, I really want to move into the movies and just work on like directing and stuff like that. I don't want to really be the one like holding the camera and stuff. But I definitely want to be the one that sets up everything for the movie. Like help with the locations, this and the third, keeping everything organized, making a schedule. Like that's what I'm passionate about. Like, that's my happy place. Like, cause it's natural for me. Like I'm so good at it. So yeah. But I say just, you know, stay focused, practice, always try to shoot something every day if you can. That's what I'm doing now too. Like I said, uh, filming is not my passion, but um, I do film every day now because I'm doing like vlogging for YouTube. So I try to get up every day and film something. I have like different topics, different things I'm doing that's like, you know, uh, how to get your teeth white in 14 days, blah, blah, blah. I have all these different things. So it's like I be filming something different every day. And I think that's helping me just be in front of the camera because I don't like being in front of the camera, which is something I feel like every um, everybody should work on or filmmakers should work on because we never like to be on camera. <laughs> like, I'm thankful today that you don't have a camera. And, uh, <laughs> and um. Yeah, you know, but I feel like that comes with the lifestyle if that's what you want to do. So it's like just being comfortable. So when you get to those stages that you don't have to be like so scared, you know. So, yeah. I don't know what you can really take fully from that. But basically, believe in yourself. Film every day. Don't get discouraged from trial and error. Don't be scared to reshoot anything. Don't be scared to ask questions. Mm. Yeah, and don't be scared to put out not good work. I say that is what I love to hear. <laughs> like she pretty sure I'm pretty sure Kiana's going to take a lot from that. Yeah, because not only this YouTube cheetah it, print production, you'll see some things that's really nice, and you'll see some things that's like oh, and it's like the thing that's like oh, it might have been like my uh, shutter speed was off too much, or the lighting was bad, or the mic wasn't always plugged in. Like, you know, different things, but nothing you could do about it after it's done. Like, just got to put it out there. That's <laughs> what I'm about to say. The thing is, though, you put it out there with confidence still, though. Yep. And Sometimes you don't have a choice, you know, but you just mm-hmm. learn from it. Like, now I try to be like, let me take a few more seconds just to check everything before I film. Exactly. Like, a lot of times when you go film something, people always like, you not ready yet? Y'all not ready? Like, and that, that's what really be messing up things. Like, if you just gave me one more minute, I could properly adjust this or, you know, but that's how I don't do that no more. Like, I'd be like, hey, you just got to wait because then it's going to make more work for me. Had to come back and reshoot something and all that. So, and things that we see as filmmakers, most time the client doesn't see. So, you might want to reshoot something and the client look at it and they like, I don't see nothing wrong. But you know that people that film, when they watch that, they're going to be like, yeah, that's messed up. That is the greatest point that you brought up because it is true that behind the camera, 
you see a little bit more yeah. than what they would do because the client or the actor themselves. Anything look good to them. Exactly. <laughs> they think that they, in their mind, that it's just fine. Let's just roll with it. But The only clients that's picky with it is the clients that have dipped into filming a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Then those mm-hmm. are the ones that be on set like, get this angle. Da, da, da. Y'all might bump heads a little bit if you not if you don't like that. Mm-hmm. But because they want to direct, then you like I'm directing. But yeah, like you know, you know what you messed up on, and like if you're able to fix it, cool. If not, you know, you just have to learn from it and keep it moving. And when in doubt, always shoot on auto. That's all I can say. <laughs> yes, indeed. And then also, Kiana, your pimp hand is pretty strong. So I'm sure you can smack the person in the place and they'll do what you want to do. You always want to, like, learn to shoot on manual. But like I said, if manual not working for you and when in doubt, shoot an auto, auto, like, for real. Auto will save you a lot of times. And that's why I need to get back on as well. Because I still got that DSL camera from, like, 2000, what, how old was it? 14? I mean, <laughs> that's why I need to uh, go back and learn, too. good, but, you know... You'll really learn that it's really all about the lens, to be honest. Like, the body, yeah, but the lens is like, I'm what's that You just got to do what you can with the moment. Exactly. I got plenty of lenses as well that I need to go back to using. Yep. You are lucky because I thought about setting up the camera today. I know. <laughs> I thought about it. Very lucky. Really, like, even though I set this up on the Anchor app, which, by the way, download Anchor. I didn't forget about you. And <laughs> you know, I do a lot of promoting to yeah. <laughs> the podcast. But like, shout out to Anchor for providing me a platform. I really appreciate y'all. And y'all also fix those bugs. Like, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think y'all was going to listen to me. But you know what? I'm happy for that. And then also shout out to Spotify for carrying my uh, podcast as well. But besides the point, I'm about to say the point is, though, like, definitely what I'm going to do. It's next time for the interview. Mm-hmm. You don't have to because I can also like edit, I mean, like blow your face and stuff. That's how I'm, I'm working on it. Like, okay, you know, being on camera, I just ain't really like you know. The hey, today, that's but. that practice. Yeah. Nah, you still the queen though. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, like authentic and stuff. Errands. I'm about to say that's a good thing. Queens run errands too. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. I'm about to say I got my queen. She out here. Well, she decided to do that on her own because everything was already fine. <laughs> but once I told her you was coming over here. They're just like, oh, I got a all over. And I'm like, just stop. But <laughs> besides the point, though, is, man, even though we're coming up on time, I want to thank you for even taking the time out your day because it's really been a while. I appreciate mm. you having me. Yes, indeed. Oh, now she's putting on a queen voice like, oh, <laughs> I appreciate you having me. <laughs> Like, bow down, peasant. <laughs> like, I'm like, look at that. Y- y'all heard how her voice just changed like that for real? Like, oh, yes, you know. <laughs> but also on some real note, though, like I said, guys, this is a friend who, even though she, and the best thing is she admits that she has mistakes and stuff as well. And that's what's great about it. But her projects is really nice. She has always been helpful. She has been nothing but a straight grinder. Like, in all honesty, I'm not going to lie. If I had to bet my money on anybody that could hustle and get something a little faster, it will be Miss Cheetah. Like, <laughs> hey. I'll do that on that. You know what I'm saying? 
I mean, I still love you too, Zebe, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the hustler department. That's why I'm like, yeah. Yeah. She already knows. We be joking. But is there anybody that you want to shout out? Of course. Of course. It's like, okay. Uh, oh, dang. You got 60. Okay. So, um, of course, shout out to me and my, my job for making me a filthy. This way. Shout out to my mom, Sunny, you know. I want to shout out my other sisters. Um, my sister that's here, Nova Kane Carter. She have her podcast um, that you guys can check out also. Oh, yeah. Send a link Touch to Touch podcast with Nova Kane Carter. You guys can check that out. Um, shout out to our Area 19 business that we have. We have new products coming. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my sister, Precious. She have her Carter Book Club. She has many books on Amazon. Um, I actually edit two of the books that you guys could check out, No More Crying, and the part two of that book. Um, shout out to my sister, Shakita. She has her Royal Bling thing that she will be launching soon, where she make custom T-shirts and items that are blinged out, shoes and all that. Um, shout out to my brother. He just be hustling. You know what I'm saying? Um, the whole family got yeah, stuff Yeah, we all got our really? stuff going on. And then, of course, me, you know, Cheetah Print Productions. Check me out if y'all want to do, like, some projects together, um, movies and all that. I ain't going to lie. I'm not a free worker, so don't be like, hey, come work on my movie, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Um, unless you're doing something that, you know, that you see going kind of major, then I might, you know, work with that. But, yeah, so I think that's all my little shout-outs. So make sure y'all check out Touch Podcast, Carter Book Club, Area 19, Organics, Cheetah Print Productions, Royalty Bling, and, yeah, keep up with the Queen Carter on Instagram. That's me. Um, if you go to Cheetah Print Productions, you probably can't find your way to the Queen Carter, but it's T-H-A, Queen Carter, and that is me. I mess with it. And then also, I'm going to get all the links anyway for not just Queen Carter over here, Miss Cheetah, <laughs> a.k.a. put the crown on me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make sure that I get all the links from her and her family and stuff as well. Put that down there in the description so that way y'all can go ahead, check everything out. Period. Give this girl a follow. Make Period. sure you give her family a follow. Mm-hmm. Make sure that I might actually check those books out too because I wouldn't mind interviewing your sister too oh, yeah. if she has the time. Yes. See, there we the go. The books are really good. The No More Crying and the Part 2, like, yes. I'm definitely going to check those out because I need some more reading, I material. was shocked when I read it, so you guys need to read it. Yes, indeed. As you see, my little, like, except for the Fifty Shades of Grey, you have to read it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not me. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Everything else, yeah, but the Fifty Shades of Grey, that's definitely Baby Girl. I'm about to say, if you can see my little, like, book yeah, collection right book here. Collection. I'm about to say, I'm a little book nerd. So as soon as you said that, I was like, I wouldn't mind going ahead and read your sister's book. Okay, I got yeah, some books too. Fun. I'm going to send them to you. Oh, she got some books yeah. too? See, she coming out Not with everything. I mean, everything. like, you know, that um I got from that place. Oh, okay. Because I was about to say, you writing books and everything too? I'm about to say, nah, look nah, at you. Nah. I'm uh, a visual learner. I don't like writing and stuff. I'm like the opposite. No, I visually learn, but I also love writing. Yeah. That's why I got Carper Tunnel now. But... <laughs> I say thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Not a problem at all. And I want to thank you guys for being avid listeners to the 20, the 30, 40, the 50 of you. 
I'm going to say, please share all around the world. My UK people, I love y'all. My American people, y'all better step up because I don't understand. I'm in America, but yet I have more UK followers. (laughs) I don't understand. But this has been TK from Around the Way, and we signing off.